Hello there, welcome to this week's Bet McLean Football Show. On the show this week, Crusaders manager Stephen Baxter alongside Irish League legend Tony Gorman. Let's do it. Right, here we go, Stephen Baxter. Tony has travelled all the way from Letterkenny to be here. Thank you very much for making the effort. Great to see you. And uh, there's a, a bit of a coaching session going on next door, and um, there's a big welcoming party for you, Tony. Well, it was nice to see a few familiar faces that I haven't seen in a while. Um, so that's nice. You always come up to Windsor Park, and you always meet people that you haven't seen in a long time. So it's nice to see them. Excellent stuff. Stephen, you're very welcome. Um, obviously, we haven't spoken in the flesh since your Irish Cup win, um, which was a brilliant win over Balamina. Yeah, yeah, very pleased. You know, it was a it was a big game of football, obviously, and because uh, we've fallen off the pace a little bit in the league, and uh, so you sort of put all your eggs in one basket, and we did that uh, against Balamina and had them watched over two or three weeks, and you know they'd come off the back of a couple of really tough games, a, a league cup final, a big uh, league game here at Windsor, and then they had Cliftonville in, in the midweek, so we knew that, that maybe their legs would be a little bit tired going into that game, and, and we came in a little bit, maybe a little bit fresher, I think. But we really got about them, and, and I think we fully deserved the win. Have Balamina been found out? Oh, not at all. No, listen, Balamina are a super, super team. Take nothing away from them. You don't be as consistent as they've been over the course of the season, and won as many games as they've won if you're not a good team. And uh, and all teams, you know, can can hit bumps in the road, and and you know they've come up against good opposition. You know, you don't take anything away from Linfield. Linfield beat them over two games and 1-0 and David Healy was very honest around all of that and said they were probably the better team, Balamina, uh, particularly in the League Cup final. So take nothing away, that, that, was, a, that was a knife edge game and uh, Balamina will be disappointed but certainly haven't been found out, they're a very, very good side. In terms of the league, because you haven't mentioned it, um, I'm sure you're disappointed that you're not, I suppose, you're, mathematically you're not out of it but you know what I mean, you, I'm sure you wish you were, you were further up the table but has that been because of I suppose you could put it down to lots of different reasons, but you've brought a lot of new personnel in since Christmas, and then of course you're going full time and all of that. Has that been a reflection on that, and uh, a bit of a how can you say it? Just just sort of playing out what what the circumstances that you have now. Yeah, well, leagues and cups are completely different uh, affairs, and and you know leagues are uh, eight month campaigns, and uh, you've got to get things to fall into your into your lap nearly sometimes with uh, with fitness and and players that, that come to you on form or. Just lots of different things that can work for you and against you, and and little things worked against us. I felt in the, in the first two or three months of the season, the the back four changed for 14 games in a trot. We lost Gavin White, Paul Heatley got injured, uh, Jordan Owens has been fit for 10% of the season. Uh, so just little things that worked against us. We didn't make any fuss about it. You just have to get on with it. Um, but you know, in your in your heart that you know across. A 38-game campaign. You need things to work for you, and, it, and it, we've just been a little bit off it this year, and that's and that's due to circumstances beyond your control sometimes. And you just have to accept that. You don't uh, make excuses about it. You just get on with it and uh, and keep playing your games of football that are in front of you and, and make the most of them. Uh, we're still charging for a, a a cup. We're still looking at a at a countdown of Shealand. We're still looking for second place. So the leagues and I'll say the campaign is not dead by any stretch. Stephen, in my opinion, you've, you've built two great Crusaders teams. Are you now trying to build your third great Crusaders team? Because is there a sense that there's a changing of the guard maybe at Crusaders? Because some of the great players like Jordan Owens, Colin Coates, while they're not finished, you have to look to the future as well. 
you must always, um, you know, in, in management you talk about your short-term, medium-term, long-term plans, and, and, and that's the same with players. You've got to look at, at, at where, where they're at, and, and the game is under so much more scrutiny. We're scrutinising them. Our GPS vests are now into Irish League football, and, and every, everything's monitored, what they're doing, how they're doing it. And uh, football is a short career, and they all know that. And, and, and we often sit down with them. I had a good hour with Colin Coates this week, having a, a wonderful conversation around his uh, longevity and how he's going to have to work hard at what he needs to do now turning 33, 34 years old, what's the future for him? He has to work hard at his fitness levels and that means working hard away from the, the park to make sure you play a little bit longer. Tony, I'm sure, can talk a little bit longer about that, playing to 38. And I got to 38 playing football. So some players duck out at 32. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, So it just depends on, on what you do and how you do it. So yes, you're right in all of that. You have to look at what's in front of you and look to the future and uh, time waits for no man. How difficult are those conversations, by the way? Do some of the lads take it thick? Not really. Um, I think a lot of them are all very realistic around their football careers, very grown-up guys. I think, uh, and I, I do believe you have to uh, to manage that situation always. You know, Sean Ward signed a new contract when he was 35 years old. Um, a, a more dedicated profession you'll never meet. Um, but he's still doing the business at the level that is required and him and I chatted around that and, and uh, how much he has put into the game. And, and when you have that relationship with someone, you talk to them as men and, and they, they know where their body's at and how they're doing it. And, and they know the levels that are required. And I think there's always honesty around all of that. So when those conversations come, you, you deal with them. Yeah, with regards to the players that you bring in to the club, you've, you've got, there's a, there's a Crusaders type of player to come in in terms of their mentality, their skill, where they're gonna fit into the team. They're not gonna obviously upset the, the dressing room. So with regards to the new signings and, uh, and whoever you've brought in, how are they all fitting into the squad? No, it's been really good, you know, that we, we obviously brought in the, the younger lads coming back uh, in from, from England, you know, Ronan and, and Rory, the two Hill brothers have come in and it's just been a, a breath of fresh air. We, we, were, we were lucky in some regard that, um, that Rory had eight weeks training after Derry's season finished. He was able to come in and, and sort of train uh, and got to know all the lads that little bit quicker uh, before he was eligible to play on the, on the 1st of January, um, where Ronan had to go back to... Uh, Birmingham and see out his, uh, his contract. He wasn't up to the summer, but they, they released him and then he, he signed for us nearly overnight. Uh, and then it sort of just takes that little bit longer to, you know, to get that sort of sort of group experience, if you like. Um, Reese McGinley is a, a young lad that came recommended to me and, uh, and uh, actually rather came to me and asked me would we, would we bring him in and, and, uh, and, and get his fitness levels up and, and bring him in. So he's a very young lad, only 18, but a wonderful talent. Uh, so, so those lads are adapting and, and we're getting them into the, 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 the rigours of Irish League football and they're all adapting well. Can I ask you about Sean O'Neill and the goalkeeping situation? Because obviously Jared Doherty came in and there was a time whenever people thought Sean would leave. Sean is now playing brilliantly in goal for you. He's back in favour. What's the situation there, Stephen? Well, it's, you know, again, I, I think you, you often have to bring a squad of players together and say, look, this is the best that I can produce. This is the squad. You have to fight it out. There's good players here, and everybody has, has got to fight it out among themselves. There's no divine right to play. And, and oftentimes, in the goalkeeping situation, uh, a player takes a shirt. If he's doing the business and playing particularly well, uh, you've got to let him hold that shirt. And Sean's doing that right now. And, and you know, Jared came in and got injured. 
uh, hadn't done an awful lot wrong. He only played three or four games and uh, got injured. And Sean O'Neill has come in and done exceptionally well, making big, big saves and big matches. And you can't turn around and say, we're going to leave you out. You know, and they're, they're experienced goalkeepers who have been there and done it. And they all know that. And they all fight it among themselves. But they're the best of friends. You want to see the way these guys train together and high-five each other in training sessions and the way they work together. It's, it's incredible to watch. And that's really good from my point of view. And you've got a big match in the County Atom Shield final, Crusaders-Linfield. They've sort of taken on... Um, uh, it's almost like the new big two in many ways when Crusaders play Linfield. Over the past six, seven years, they have been the best games in Irish League football. Um, how will you approach this one? And are you confident in getting a trophy under your belt this season? You always have to be confident going into these games as, as Linfield will be confident going into them. Uh, you know, the, the teams have gone head-to-head, -head, as you said, I think probably in the last four years, uh, fighting out league titles, fighting for cups. We've had the better of it one year, they've had the better of it the next year, that sort of thing. It's been strange how it has worked. Um, but in saying all of that, they're dingers of games and you love to be involved in them. The, you know, your whole week is, uh, there's not a lot of sleep, I can assure you of that. And the preparation is great. You nearly, nearly feel the excitement as the week builds towards those games. Uh, and when match day comes around, honestly, it's, it's just something else to behold. So it's great and it's great for the, the atmosphere of the clubs and the fans and, and just how it all builds for the, I'm sure for you guys in the media also, it's just really good. And, uh, and, and there's a lot of respect, which is what I like. I like the, uh, the way well, it's, the, it's fever pitch on the pitch. Everybody wants to win. But there's a great warmth between management, players, handshakes. I, I like it. I, I think there's a lot to be said for it. And playing it at Seaview? Yeah. You know, I, I would have been a fan of, of doing the toss uh, in the first place, you know, uh, did it disappoint you that the game was cancelled and all the build-up to it and all of that, and it didn't happen? Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, I, I think um, you know David and I were both in agreement on that. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to prepare for a match when you know you get the date announced of the game four weeks before it happens when you've won the semi-final, and then the, the date's announced of the game, and you know in your heart of hearts that's not that game's not going to go ahead. You know, because Balamin is pitched at that stage with the. The weather, the games that had been cancelled, and they, they announced a pitch that you know there was an, it was an eighty twenty against it that was never going to play, and and you, you know you know the weather conditions at that time of year it's not going to be favourable for you. You're not going to get a lot of drying at that time of year. So they, you know the preparations around media, around television, all of that, you need to you know put your best foot forward. So I thought we should have had a wee bit more thought around that. Tony's travelled all the way from, uh, from Letterkenny to be here, mate, and we really do appreciate it. Now, I don't want to make you blush, but I'm just going to let Baco give a quick synopsis about your career and what a player you were, because you'll probably hide your light under a bushel. Tony Gorman was an Irish League great, in my opinion. Um, on and off the pitch, he was a pleasure to deal with and a pleasure to watch. He played for Portadown, Coleraine, Linfield. He also played for Stephen Baxter at Crusaders. And um, uh, what a player. His attributes... He could pass, he could see a pass, long pass, short pass. He could tackle, there was, you know, Tony could put himself about a bit, believe you me. And he, his shots from distance were just the thing of beauty. He could um, fire them in from 30 yards, straight, diagonal. He had it all, Pete, and he won everything as well. You know, um, at Linfield, the fans loved him. And he went to Coleraine, and they adored him too. Um, you talk to Portadown fans, they'll tell you the same. That tells you not just the mark of the footballer, but the mark of the man. Let's go back to whenever you signed for the Blues. Did, does that all sit well with you, by the way? 
Uh, you think you got everything just about right there? <laughs> <laughs> take, take us back. That tenor? <laughs> take us back for shining for the Blues because you, you lived in Letterkenny. You travelled up and down. The fans absolutely loved you. You know what was it like for you at that particular stage in Northern Ireland football coming in and playing here? Well, at, at the start, um, I came into the Irish League in '92, and I suppose there was a wee bit of um, intrepidation coming into it because you weren't sure. You know, you were coming from League of Ireland, but you also had you know, Northern Ireland at that time was going through difficult times with the troubles and everything. And for somebody travelling from Letterkenny, first of all going to Portadown and um, and then having the decision then to go to Coleraine. Um, so it was it was difficult times, not only for people travelling, but for Northern Ireland in general. But uh, and then coming to Linfield, and you, you know. I was talking to people earlier on about this, and I don't think I could have been the first player from the Republic of Ireland to come and play for Linfield. I don't think I could have been where I was from, um, and I think Desi Gorman, Martin Bailey, Pat Fenlon, you know, they sowed the seeds for the rest of us to come along later on. And um, and you know, from from the minute the interest was shown by from Trevor Anderson that you know I had an opportunity to sign for Linfield, well, I was never going to turn it down or let it go. And um, you know, from the first meeting with Trevor and David Jeffrey, you know, my mind was made up, and it was just, I suppose, a real joy to get the opportunity to come and play for such a wonderful club at, a, at the time. And you know, it's fantastic now. But going back then, even in the nineties, Wonder Park was a stadium to behold. You know, where all the greats had played in, and uh, you know, it was just fantastic for me. You know, Biko mentioned that you've won everything in the game, but particularly during that period of time with the Blues, and it was you were regularly winning sort of everything. Can you look back at that with the, your favourite moment or, or or a period of time when it just makes you smile? I suppose. <laughs> you know, when I came in, uh, the club was in a wee bit of a transition period because Trevor Trevor signed me, but then Trevor left and just after Christmas, and David took over. So David then had the task of building his own team and his own squad, and uh, you know it took a couple of years. While we we still competed, uh, we were league runners up twice. We won a couple of cups, um, but we had that period where we were just always a wee bit short in terms of winning the league. So the build up to win that first league was was massive. You know, um, it took it was here four years before before we actually crossed the line and. Uh, you know, when we eventually did it, um, you know, the feeling I suppose was relief, but also immense joy and pleasure from a group of players that David had assembled and we'd come together to achieve this or, or goal. Um, and I suppose the first league was probably, in terms of achievement, it was, you know, everything that I'd ever wanted as a player to be part of a League One team. Um, but in terms of one-off occasion, probably my last game for Linfield was probably, you know, the day that stands out. Like people talk about wedding days and the birth of your children, like <laughs> Irish, Irish Cup final day, where, where you know, <laughs> was, right uh, you know, listen, that's, that was the pinnacle. Um, you know, we got, Big David had never won an Irish Cup. I'm sure you know that, Stephen. Um, and we got we lost the final the year before against Lintorn, 
and I was actually suspended for that game. So to come back the year after, won the Irish Cup, packed Wonder Park against Porta Down, and unfortunately it turned out to be my last game for, for the club. Um, but it was, without doubt, one of the best days I've ever experienced. How hard was it to leave Linfield, Tony? Because I know you loved it here and the fans loved you. Um, well, unfortunately, the decision was sort of taken out of my hands. Now, the, 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 there was the, the, a new contract was offered, but because I the commitments that I'd made to play for Linfield, um, I was playing full time and I, I could have went and got a job and continued to play for Linfield, but the demands, I felt I couldn't have given 100%. I couldn't have given the, the same commitment that, that I felt was required to play for Linfield. Um, so it was very, very difficult. Um, and at the time, like there were some great people involved at Linfield, and there still is, but like there was a couple of supporters from up around the dairy area that were gonna drop everything and drive me up, you know, if I, if I was gonna work so that I could be at my best which was an unbelievable gesture, um, but it was one that you, you couldn't put that burden on people. And so it was with a heavy heart that, you know, I came up and I met David on a, it was a Thursday night, a couple of weeks after the Irish Cup final. And, um, you know, the decision was made and it was, it was really, it was a difficult one to take because, you know, we'd, after the successes we've had and, the friendships you built up, and um, not only with players, but the backroom staff, supporters, you know, everybody. It, it was a difficult, difficult time, but you know, moving to Coleraine then it was a new chapter, and it was, um, you know, we had great success there as well. David Jeffrey, from obviously he was building that team, and it was a few years before you won something. From the early days, did you know he was going to be as successful as he went on to be? Well. My first uh, meetings with David was when I was playing against him, and he, David, would have been playing for Ards, and he always struck me that he was—he always made a point. If you played well or scored, he always made a point of, you know, coming up after the game, telling you how well you'd done. And you know, this is an opponent who would have came through. He kicked. I'm sure he, he kicked us scared. in training. Well, <laughs> he was the. Um, he was the rudest kicker of a person you ever met in all your life, you know? But I remember playing against him where for Portadown and poor Stevie Cowan, who was probably the greatest goal scorer I've ever seen, and from the first moment, I think he headbutted him in the back of the head. <laughs> Honestly, like, you know, but he had a, it was a desire and a will to one, but I knew that playing for him, I knew that playing for David Jeffrey, that I would, we would achieve everything we wanted to achieve because his passion, his desire, and the way he made you feel, you wanted to play for him. Um, and we all wanted to play for him. And, um, obviously, the, the club was a big thing, but playing for David was, was um, easy. And Marty Quinn then, what was he like then? Because that was a wonderful period for Coleraine. You won the cup. That's one of my favorite teams to have watched over the past 25 years in the Irish League. Yeah, Marty was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, his man management skills, his team talks were legendary. Um, you know, you'd be all serious, you'd be, you'd be on edge, you'd be going into a game, and next thing you'd have you rolling about the dressing room laughing. And, you know, he knew what he was doing, 
you know, because speaking to him after, like later when we'd finished playing that, that, you know, it was all it was all planned. Like he thought it was off the cuff, but he knew exactly what he was doing. And uh, Marty was great to play for. And Marty's ability was to recruit players. He, he had a great eye for a player. And you, that team that you spoke about, the Korean team, you know, we we're probably all over 30, apart from Gareth and Stuart Clanagan. Uh, well, sorry, Jody was and Rory were, but they'd won leagues now at Cliftonville and Glentorn. Um, but the likes of myself, Packy, Trigger, Ian McCush, Jerry Flynn, Paul Gaston, Davy O'Hare, you know, we're, we're all senior players, we're all over 30, and, um, you know, that was, that was a great team to play in, you know. I want to get your thoughts on, on the current um, Irish League, but just before we do that, Martin O'Neill almost signed you at one stage? He did, yeah. Uh, it could have been so different. You've got all these happy memories, but it could have been different. Could have been. Um, I was playing for Coleraine. We played a friendly against Norwich, and I actually scored against Brian Gunn. And Brian Gunn, after the game, was he was interviewed and he was saying, "But th- this ball went past me. Didn't see it. And it was so." How far out were you? Twenty-five yards. Thirty. <laughs> call it. Let's call it thirty. <laughs> 27 <laughs> and um, so Mar- I got a phone call the next day from the, uh, the chairman of Corey and Hugh Wade and he says Martin O'Neill wants you to play tomorrow night against Glentoran at Dover are you interested in us? yeah absolutely so I went up uh, in the morning we trained and he told me I was playing um, up at Dover and we won the game 2-1 and I, I'd, I'd done well I'd, I'd had a good game and but Norwich were poor. Like they'd just been relegated from the Premier League. And he, he went ballistic at half time and after the game. But he, he's come to me and he goes, by the way, you've actually done well. And that was it. And he's going to continue to go through the rest of them. And I'm thinking, my God, you know, it's Dermot Keeley at his, at his worst, you know, the, the way that he, he was going on. So, I'm coming out after the game and one of the directors from Korean comes over and he shakes my hand and he says, they've just done a deal, £100,000, the Norwich chairman, you're, you're going. So I thought, so my father's up at the game and I'm getting on the bus and I've called him over and says, I'm gone, 100000 So he, we're all delighted. Like, <laughs> cause, you know, and, uh, so I go back to the hotel and he says, um, come down to the room, I want to chat with you. So I'm walking behind him going down, a hundred thousand, how much am I going to get paid? Like, so I'm walking behind him, go down to the room and he says, you've done well tonight. I thought, right, we'll keep going. <laughs> he says, but, uh, and apparently the two chairmen have done a deal. I says, well, well I've heard that all right. And he says, um, but unfortunately, I'm the person who makes the decisions around here. So I said, right. So he says, so before anything's done, you're going to have to come over, have a look around, see if you like the area, see if we like you when you're over there, see if you like us. So I said, no problem. So then, um, it's in the press, some following the situation with Martin O'Neill and Robert Chase, he's the chairman, and they're falling out every week. And I don't even think the season started and Martin had left and ended up going to Leicester. So the whole thing fell apart. So. Uh, so another year at Coleraine then, so I played the other season at Coleraine and eventually came here then. But 
Could have been two different. Well. But I think what's meant to be is meant to be. What a fabulous career you had in, in the Irish League. And obviously back then, whenever you were playing particularly for the Blues, you always thought about the Blues against the Glens and Boxing Day derbies and all of that good stuff, which would have been amazing. Now you look at the current Irish League structure and the likes of Ballymena and Crusaders and, and Stephen's got his own dynasty going on there. But the Glens have fallen right away. What do you make of the current the league setup and, and the teams and the players in comparison to suppose whenever you were playing? I think the league over the last few years certainly has developed. Um, you know the, I suppose culminating with Stephen's team now this year going full time, and um, there's the football over the last few years. I think the players, and probably the AFA, deserve a lot of credit for the structures they've put in place for for schoolboys. And I think the players now are certainly technically more aware and more astute to maybe what what they were in our day. Um, Fitness-wise, the players take a lot of pride in themselves now in terms of their appearance, and you know, there's they're all in good nick now. Um, tactically, the league has certainly come on with the like the, the requirements now for managers to have certain coaching qualifications. So everything I think has improved. Um, maybe what what isn't there that what we had when we were playing was just the the raw ability or the raw you know the bit of individuality or the the superstars that played like I, I remember coming into this league you know when you had Stephen McBride, Raymond McCoy and Glenn Ferguson at Glenavon you know real superstars and at Portadown you had Stevie Cowan, Martin Russell you know Linfield obviously spoke for itself but there was big names in the Irish league and I'm not sure if, if the if the same maybe it's the the same interest isn't in, in the league from the supporters that there was there, but it's certainly coming back because the there's been an increase in attendances over the last couple of years, and I think that's down to the product that's been served up by by the clubs, you know, and I think um, the Irish league at the moment is going from strength to strength, um, and what's been good for the league. I suppose has been the success of Crusaders in Cliftonville and Coleraine over the last five six years. I think it's it's opened the door for other clubs to to see what's possible, and I think that's probably we're seeing that now with Ballymena, the emergence of Ballymena this year, and uh, they deserve an awful lot of credit for for the way they've they've gone about their business this year. This is the Bet McLean Football Show from Cool FM. We love this part of the show. We get into the fixtures. We'll start with tomorrow night's County Antrim Shield final. Crusaders against Linfield. Baco has got you um, your your name up in lights for the Irish Cup. What about tomorrow night? Uh, listen, see Crusaders Linfield matches. As I was saying earlier, Pete, they they're just mammoth occasions now. They really are. I think they they've been the two most successful teams in recent years. They've got two brilliant managers. The the players are exceptional. And for me, these matches become a toss of a coin. They really do. It depends who turns up on the day. I also think a lot of Crusaders Linfield matches, the first 20 minutes are massive in them, you know, because it almost sets the stall. And whoever starts well tends to go on and, and win the game. Like Crusaders came here in the Irish Cup and you beat them 2 1, Stephen, and were brilliant. And earlier this season, Linfield have had the upper hand because they started really well. So I don't know. It's one of those, Pete, it could go either way. It really could. I've tipped Crusaders for the Irish Cup. I tipped Linfield for the Irish League. 
So at least I got those two right. <laughs> With this one, I, I genuinely don't know. I, right, Tony, let's not sit in the fence. What do you think? <laughs> um, it's really difficult to call. I think in cup finals, like, like we have here now, it's maybe about the team that needs it the most. You know, Linfield maybe have their focus on, on the league. Crusaders possibly focus on the Irish Cup. I mean, there's a great opportunity for Crusaders to win the Irish Cup, you know, if they get past Coleraine. Um, so, a draw. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll go 2-1 Crusaders, um, because Tony's right, sometimes the players who need it most. Will Paul Heatley be back for that match, Stephen? You don't expect me to tell you that on television, <laughs> do you? <laughs> I, I just think as well that, you know, we watched Linfield in the, the League Cup final against Balamina. And Balamina were excellent on the night, and Linfield did what they needed to win the game. Mm-hmm. So they're good it, at it's that. So difficult to call. Two one to Crusaders. What do you think? I can't possibly give a prediction. The uh, he'd take it though. The, 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 these games are are what you rightly talk about. It's sometimes the the fast start, or, or and sometimes the last ten minutes of the football match. You know, you, you got you got a Linfield equaliser in the cup. And then we went straight up and pitched and scored to win the game. So it's sometimes how you start and how you finish. Um, and I often think it's the big games, uh, it's big goals from big players at certain key moments in the game, and they'll come from either or. Uh, so too hard to call this game, too hard to call. Well, enjoy the moment. You enjoy it. You love a final, don't you? Well, we all, listen, we all love a final. It's, uh, it's great, that it really is. It's, and it's great for our game. It's great that we have a... It's a, it'll be a full house uh, and it'll be a clinker of a football match. So, yeah, look, bring it on. It's great. Happy days. All right, let's get into the, the Dancing Bank Premiership this weekend. Um, Newry at home to Coleraine. Well, Newry need the points because they're obviously um, uh, fighting relegation. Um, I think, though, Coleraine building up to the big semi final, their, their players will be eager to deliver because they'll want to play in the semi final against Stevens' team. So I think Coleraine will get a point. I'm going to go one each. That mightn't be a bad point for Newry if they can manage to draw there. Tony? I think Coleraine will win. I think um, Rodney's getting, putting his own stamp on the team now at this stage. Uh, he's, he's bought well. He's taken Ben, uh, Jamie Glacken, you know, and they're, he's slowly but surely putting his own stamp on it. And I think you're right, going into the Irish Cup semi-final, the players want to play for places. Um, so I'll go for Coleraine. Stephen? Yeah, I think Coleraine um, probably get through that game. Maybe maybe 2 0. I think, think Newry have struggled to score goals this year. I think that's going to be their problem. Um, and they desperately need the goals um, at this critical time of the season. So they're in a, they're in a, a scrap now at the bottom end. And Coleraine have, have got that momentum. And as you boys have said, Irish Cup starts to take a little bit of priority for players and playing for places. Everybody wants to be involved and you'll see a bit of a spring in the step. So I think uh, Coleraine might have just a little bit too much. All right. Uh, Ballymena at home to Glentorn. Are the tides turning at the, at the Glen with regards to a bit of investment? And we hear a lot of chat of that. Do, do you think that it's going to turn? Well, they certainly need lots of money. The, the board probably deserve a lot of credit, actually, because the, the debt that they had was just through the roof and it's coming down. Um, uh, a heck of a lot so fair play to the board for that I've criticised Glentorn directors and the chairman and the board enough so maybe they're, they're due a bit of praise um, I think Gary Smith going in there has obviously helped them they've got um, some decent results since he um, went into the job Balamina though I fancy Balamina to win this game Pete I think Balamina will want a strong finish to the season to finish 
in second place. And I think they'd be worthy of it if they can achieve that. So I'll go Balamina to win that one 2-1. Tony? Yeah, I'd go with Balamina as well. Um, Balamina have impressed me every time I've seen them play this year. They play with the three centre-backs. Um, and they've got good players. They've, I don't think I've ever seen Balamina play this year where they've had the same team. I mean, he rotates the team quite a bit. And um, I think going forward, they've, you know, Big Lecky up top, who's a really good player, Cara Freel, I think they've, they've a, a, good, um, a good goal outlet there. So I think Balamina should have won that quite comfortably. You know David Jeffrey very well, and he played it down all season about them being um, title contenders. If, if it does come that they finish second, how disappointed do you reckon he'll be? He'll be disappointed. He will be disappointed, but he'll be immensely proud of where he's taken that team, um, because you know against all the odds, the, the start of the season they've had, with the, they had to play all the games away from home. I was now looking at it in hindsight, you know, it could have been an advantage having to, a disadvantage now, the fact that they're having to play so many games at home. Um, but. He'll be disappointed because I actually watched them on the sideline a, a few weeks back where, you know, it was the most animated I'd seen him in a long time, you know, where he had that real passion and desire to, to succeed. So um, he'll be disappointed, but he'll be very proud of what they've achieved this year. Absolutely. And that's not showing any disrespect because the league's still wide open and at the end of the day, they're, they're not, they're not pasted on for a second. David, he's a, look, he's a master craftsman. He'll, he'll go away and he, he will be bitterly as he always points out <laughs> bitterly disappointed uh, losing those games uh, but he is a master at going away analysing situations and saying right what's next and, and, and he'll put that to bed very quickly and he'll re-motivate this team to shoot for the stars and he'll, he'll, he'll second place is European football and that will be the major focus and then he'll let everything else happen around it you can't, you can't worry about what's going on around you uh, as regards to what other teams do, only concentrate on yourself. And that's what he'll be f- fulfilling this team with in, in, in the next few weeks. And he'll go to Glen Torn and he'll really have this team motivated, pumped, uh, and he'll throw the kitchen sink at it now. And I expect a, a Ballymena win 2 0. Okay. North Belfast Derby. 6 0 Crusaders. <laughs> do, do you enjoy these occasions, Stephen? Because over the years, some players and managers have said, they don't really like derbies, they just want to get them over with. But Crusaders Cliftonville games are special, aren't they? I love I love them. Absolutely love them. They're uh, they're all, they're the real big special day also. You know, the Linfield games are great, but also the Cliftonville games are great. Uh, and again it's been you know, because there's been big, big ties over the years and, and big crowds, big atmosphere, and again the relationship between the two clubs are brilliant. Uh, the fans banter each other to death around lots of things. But there is this mutual respect for how both clubs have come through hard times, real hard times, maybe 10, 15 years ago, and how they've both, both got through to go on. Clinville obviously won the two championships first, then we came in on the back of them and won two championships and went on to win three. So I think for North Belfast, that's been great. Five, five titles in the last few years of recent years. and uh, So I think that says a lot about what we're doing down here. And um, So there's a lot of respect between the clubs and what we're doing and the occasions are great. Uh, I like Paddy McLaughlin, I, I like what he does, I like how he handles himself, I like how his teams play, and he's got a lot of good players up there, and he'll get in and, and, and shape that team the way he wants them to play. He's already done a little bit of work with them, I think he's going to do a, 
a, a back three and, and, and wanting his team to play a different way and that's already uh, proven uh, fruitful. So I expect it'll be a tight game. Paddy McLaughlin's first North Belfast derby, Pete, so he'll be gunning to win it. I don't think he will. I think the Crews will win that one. There's tends to be goals though in these games, um, so I'll go 3-2 the Crews. Tony? Yeah, I think Crusaders, um, Crusaders should win it. Uh, you're 100% right about Paddy McLaughlin. Paddy done very, very well at the Institute. You know, took them from the Championship up into the Premier Division with no home ground, playing uh, at Walton Park. Um, came through difficult times there. So the opportunity he's got at Cliftonville, which is a big club, he's deserved. Um, but I suppose this game is probably a bit early for him in terms of getting his own stamp on it and trying to get his team going as the way that he'll want them. But uh, like I think Crusaders will win that game. Three fixtures left. Let's get through the results. Or what you think they're going to be. Glen Avon at home to the Swifts. Interesting one for Glenavon. Dungannon knocked them out of the Irish Cup, so there'll be a bit of revenge in the air, and I think um, the Lurgan Blues will deliver. 2-1 to Glenavon. Stephen? Yeah, I think uh, Glenavon pressed me uh, in the second half performance at Seaview, and if they get that form, I think, uh, you know, I think 2-1 Glenavon. I think that'll be a draw. I think, um, you know, Chris Lindsay's gone in there, and he's doing very well. Um, and Glenavon sometimes I think are just a wee bit inconsistent to, uh, for, for the players that they have this year I think they've just been a wee bit inconsistent so I think 1-1 go for a draw. Arts at home to Warren Point, were you surprised that Warren Feeney took the job? No I wasn't because uh, I think he's been in, uh, in and around the game, he's out of work in England and I think it's, his wife's maybe looking to come back here to teach so no it doesn't surprise me get him his foot back in the ladder, um, he's a good guy, I like him a lot um, so it's a good opportunity for him to get his, his face back in the game. And He's up against it? He is up against it, but again, I think that's always a good thing also because you, you, sort of, you learn more about yourself in adversity than you do in, in, in when it's easy for you. So uh, he'll have to dig deep and he'll learn more about himself having to dig this team out, and I think he will. All right, score prediction? I think that's going to be a 1-0 win to Arts. Pico? I'm going to go one each there, Pete, on that one. Tony? Yeah, I think uh, with the Irish Cup looming, I think Warren Point might be, might just age it, maybe 1-0. All right. Uh, final fixture of the weekend, Linfield at home, the Institute. Well, Linfield are firing on all cylinders. And I remember coming, uh, I think it might have been their, either their first or second game in here, and they won very comfortably that night. It was a night game. And... I think Linfield are starting to up their gears now. I think they're starting to just get away a little bit. And I see that being maybe 3 or 4-0 to Linfield. Institute, for me, Pete, have been a bit overwhelmed when they've come to Windsor Park this season. They've come in the, the league and the cup and um, been beaten soundly. Um, I think they'll put on a better performance this time around, but I still see only one result. Linfield to win 3-1 as they march on towards the title. Yeah, I think I'd agree with Stephen. Stephen Baxter, that is, that it'll be three or four. Um, while Institute have impressed me this year, I think physically they're a wee bit lacking and um, against the bigger teams they can be maybe a wee bit bullied. So I'll go for a comfortable Linfield victory there. I have to ask you before we close up, what was it like playing for Stephen with, with Stephen Baxter's team? Because he was your last manager. He was. Um, uh, Stephen was very good. He was, 
he was different to to what I experienced with Marty and and David Jeffrey. Uh, he shot. He shouted the most. Uh, not Stephen. <laughs> Stephen was very very calm. No, he could raise his voice from time to time, but in a controlled fashion, I would say. But uh, Marty and David <laughs> could be quite quite loud and noisy. Probably Marty would just edge it. But uh, <laughs> no, Stephen was very good. Um, very constructive in, in his criticism, if you would like. You know, he, he was very thoughtful in the way that he went about his business. And it's absolutely no surprise that since he let me go that they've gone on, <laughs> they've gone on to be so successful. If you could do it again, you keep yourself in really good neck. If you could do it again, would you have kept on playing? I think I would have done. I, I sh probably should have played for another year or two anyway. Um, I probably wouldn't have been able to play the way that I... I was trying to play, or you know, I would have had to adapt my game a bit, but I probably should have played for another year or two. Listen, it's been great chatting to you, Tony. Thanks so much, Biko, as always. And Stephen, good luck in the county, Andrew Michelle. And Biko's got you, he says you're going to win the Irish Cup, so good luck for the rest of the run. That doesn't mean anything, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for watching. That's us for this week. Uh, enjoy your weekend's football. We'll be back next week.